Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoyed today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. I've got something I want to show you. You are going to love this. Look at this. This this is you. This is what you need. This is what you want. Picture yourself here. I mean, check out the view. I mean, you could have a boat. You You could literally walk to the marina. Your boat is right there. And the pool, look at the pool. Can you see yourself here? You could wake up to this. Every single day, everything you need, fitness, the lifestyle. This is the lifestyle that you need. And all of this right here, just a few minutes from Miami Church. This is what you want. This is what you need. You need this. You know, if you sift through the teachings of some of the most popular pastors and teachers and religious writers, YouTube sensations, even popular thought. It, it feels like they're, they're selling Jesus. It's like, hey, hey, you need this. You need a little. What's it going to take to put you in a little Jesus today? See, kind of the classic view of Jesus is that he's a really good guy, He's a great moral teacher. He's a visionary, a revolutionary, a prophet. And many people are willing to accept Jesus as 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 an inspiring leader, a, a friend, a compassionate religious guru. And truth is, many of these things are true. I mean, I do believe that Jesus is a great teacher, that he's a a visionary, a a prophet. I do believe that that if you follow the teachings of Jesus, if you live Jesus' principles, that you will live and experience a better life. It's a better way to live. I believe that Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. But is that it? I mean, is that what it means to be a Christian? Is is that what it means to be a a follower of Jesus? I mean, what, what does Jesus say? I mean, how does he sell or how does he present himself? Mark records a conversation Jesus has with his followers in Mark chapter 8. Look at these words that Jesus says. Mark 8, beginning in verse 34. Mark says that Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said this, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What happened to the view? (laughs) 
Where's the pool, man? How many parking spaces? I mean, right here. I mean, this is it. Here's the problem. This is the problem with following Jesus. This is the problem of discipleship. My problem, your problem. The problem of being a follower. The problem of being his disciples. Jesus called them and said, Whoever wants to follow me, whoever wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, Luke says, daily, and follow me. Whoever wants to be my follower, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, I mean, he sets this like crazy high bar. I mean, he goes like, like, see, like, let's extreme high. And, and, and his high bar that Jesus sets, it's just counter. And it's just against that everything that you think and everything that you feel and all of my and your natural reactions. I mean, just human psychology, right? I mean, it's just the natural desire. My natural wants is for pleasure and, and for comfort. Man, look at that pool. Could you imagine sitting there sipping a latte in the mornings, looking over the water? And Jesus comes along and, and, he, and he offers you and he offers me three invitations. You could call it a, a threefold invitation. An invitation for you and an invitation to me. He says, hey, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be my follower, number one, the first invitation is deny yourself. Deny yourself. <laughs> I mean, the call to deny yourself, I mean, it, it's, it's counterintuitive to everything, to our culture, our families, our friends, our own minds, our own hearts. They tell us that, that, that we, they tell us we need it. Everything tells us, like, find yourself. Find your inner, inner beauty, your inner person, soul search, because only then will you discover your true self, you. It's like this idea of personal enlightenment, inward pleasure. You are the highest priority in life. You are the greatest good. And, and if that's all true, what culture tells us, then it makes sense to spare no expense. Pamper yourself, love yourself, worship yourself. Try to set yourself up to be the, a, a perfect, pain-free life. I mean, I hear this all the time. I'll hear, I'll hear parents like, I just want you to be happy. Or just, I just want my kids to be happy, pleasure, comfort. <laughs> and Jesus comes along. And, and this is some bad marketing. <laughs> I mean, he needs a PR guy, right? Because Jesus comes along and he says, deny yourself. Like, tell yourself no. <laughs> what? Why? Jesus, why? See, because Jesus knows. That if we look for what we want in a relationship, in a spouse, in our kids, at our work, if we look for what we want in making more money, we will never be satisfied. Because joy and fulfillment are elusive when we seek them in people and things and stuff and pleasure. Friends, this is why the richest, most glamorous and powerful people in the world are on their third and fourth marriages. It's why they can't stay faithful to their spouse. It's why they're addicted to drugs and alcohol and are obsessed with plastic surgery, right? You can have a massive house, an expensive car, all the Botox in the world, but you can't function. See, so many people have everything and yet they still search for more. I mean, when is it ever enough? 
Because nothing ultimately satisfies. And inside of me and inside of you, in my heart, in your heart, we, we ask these deep questions like, how do I find meaning? How do I find more joy in my life? What makes me happy? And the, and the common thought, the, the common response, my logic says, well, well, maybe if I just had a better job. Or maybe if I just made more money, or if I took a better vacation, or if I had a better spouse, or better kids, or, or if I could just get my kids into the, the right school, if I just had more or better fill-in-the-blank, then, then, if that would happen, then, then I'd be happy. And, and then, I, then I would be complete. And our hearts identify the problems of our lives as, as external they're out there. It's that person, that, that my boss, that circumstance, my bank account, that experience. But enter Jesus. And Jesus pushes so hard against this. He pushes so hard against this line of thinking because Jesus knows it's a doomed approach. It's a fatal era. And instead, Jesus invites you. And Jesus looks at me and he invites me. Hey, deny yourself. Say no to yourself. And Jesus is reminding me and he's reminding me, hey, you're not the hero. You're, you're not the hero of this story. Your helper, your savior, your hope is going to come from above. <laughs> I mean, look what he says. The next verse, verse 35, he says, For whoever wants to save their lives will actually lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, Jesus, and for the gospel will save it. Now, the word that Mark uses here is this Greek word. Um, it's it, actually the word where we get our English word psychology. It, de, it denotes your identity, your personality, your selfhood. This is not some kind of Jedi mind trick or Eastern meditation like lose yourself in order to lose yourself. No, 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 no. Rather, what, what Jesus is saying, look closely at what he's saying. He says, base your life, or, or another way to say this is ground your life on him and the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. Ground your life on that. Jesus says, it's not enough just to know me as a teacher or a principal for your life. I went to the cross and lost my identity so that you can have one. Base your life on that, not yourselves. Friends, life, joy, happiness will only be found in seeking Jesus, your creator, your savior, your hope, your life. Jesus, he called him over and he says, hey, whoever wants to be my follower must deny themselves, take up your cross and follow me. Where's that pool at? Can I see the picture of that pool again? Because that looks nice. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves Deny yourselves, and number two, take up your cross. Or, or another way to say it is, pick up your cross. There's a very popular version of Christianity, and it's 
exploding and flourishing in the United States and even across Latin America. In this version of Christianity, it it says something like this, that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God. That your financial blessing and your physical well-being are always God's will. And it says, God wants to pour out his blessing on you. He wants to pour out his blessing on your life. He wants to bless you financially. He wants to bless you with stuff. He wants to bless you physically. And if you're not financially blessed or if you're not physically blessed, then, then something is wrong with you. There's some sin or, or, or you don't have enough faith or you're not giving enough or, or you're weak in your belief. But... If you have more faith, if you try harder, if you serve more, if you give more, if you put an extra zero on the check, then God is going to bless you financially. He's going to to bless your life. And the truth is here in the West, especially in the United States, we all have some level of this prosperity gospel in us. But the problem is this version of Christianity is is not in the life, ministry, and teaching of Jesus. It's not there. It's not the way of Jesus. Instead, Jesus says, pick up your cross. In fact, the version in Luke says, pick up your cross daily. Now, this is a crazy idea. In the first century, crosses were used by the Roman Empire to to execute people. So, So he's literally saying, hey, Die to yourself. Pick up your cross. Die to yourself daily. I mean, look closely. Jesus says, pick up your cross. Jesus doesn't say, pick up my cross. He says, actually, pick up your cross. See, following Jesus is not just a matter of accepting Jesus. His pain, his suffering, his death... On our behalf. Yes, Jesus did suffer for you. Yes, Jesus did suffer on our behalf. But but look what he says. He says, if you want to follow me, he says, pick up or take up your own cross. See, following Jesus is accepting his pain and suffering for you. And it's also about your life, your cross to Bear. In fact, the Apostle Paul, in a letter to the church at Galatians, said it this way, Galatians 2.20. He says, my old self has been crucified with Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Jesus lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To follow Jesus, you must embrace your death, death to your desires, your needs, your wants, your life. If somebody like this, like even as I'm talking right now, I can think of some people who I would say they are really following Jesus. I mean, they're not perfect. They're deeply flawed. But man, the, the people that are in my mind right now, they have a real authentic faith. I mean, there is a depth there. There is a, there is a maturity there. In fact, you could say that their life is categorized by, by faith, by substance, by obedience. There's a resilience. In fact, uh, I would say it's like a still in your spine, grounded, rock solid faith. This is why 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Jesus and the church. Because in the first century, the, the first church, there were some women 
and some men who followed hard after Jesus. And they actually considered their life nothing compared to the richness of knowing Jesus. And when others were running away, they were running in. And these men and women were mocked and they were blamed and they were persecuted. And many of them were killed. They were martyred. They were made an example of by by Nero and others. But yet here we are. 2,000 years later, still talking about them, and we're standing on their shoulders. Pick up your cross daily. This is why the church in the West, the church in the United States, is declining. Sunday morning attendance across the United States is in decline. Yet in China, the underground church, the persecuted church, the illegal risk your life together with Jesus followers, risk your life to read the Bible, face fines, face prison, face even death and persecution, yet the church is growing and thriving. See, in his great work, The Cost of Discipleship, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that when Jesus calls a man or a woman, he bids them come and die. Can I see a picture of that pool again? Do you see the the undercurrent when Jesus talks about death and taking up your cross? See, following Jesus is a way of life that pushes against the flow and the current of culture. And the inevitable clash results in pain and many times tragedy for the Christian. In fact, according to the Oxford Christian World Encyclopedia, throughout history there have been 75 million Christian martyrs, 45 million of them in the 20th century alone. One author said it this way in a sentence that rocked my world. It's more important to God that the gospel advances than my life continue another day. Whoever wants to be my disciple, deny themselves, pick up, take up their cross daily and follow me. Deny yourself, pick up, take up your cross and follow me. Who you follow and what directs your life is the single most important thing about you. And Jesus looks at you and he looks at me and he says, follow me. And following Jesus is is about Jesus as leader, about Jesus as my leader, your leader. In fact, the word disciple occurs 269 times in the New Testament. The word Christian occurs three times. In the New Testament. In other words, the paradigm Jesus presents, the paradigm of the early church, it's not about one who simply believes a set of ideas or doctrine or one who says a prayer or raises a hand. Rather, if you look closely, it's about following Jesus, about making him the leader of your life. Jesus is after followership. He's not merely interested in saving our souls or meeting our needs or healing our hurts. He intends that we operate under his authority for the rest of our lives and for all of eternity. See, here's the fine print. You know the fine print? Salvation is free. You can't earn it. You can't do enough good. It doesn't cost you anything. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, period. But following Jesus, making him the leader of your life, 
Following Jesus will eventually cost you something. It will cost you something. See, there will come a day, or there will be a season, or there will be a time when following Jesus, when truly following Jesus will cost you something. And there's something you need to know. You just need to know this up front. There's something you need to know that eventually following Jesus is going to cost you something. And for some of us, it's going to cost you a lot. It may cost you a relationship. It may cost you some money. It may cost you some career advancement, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a business deal or status or dignity. It's going to cost you something. And Jesus says, Mark chapter 8, he called them together. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For, every, for whoever wants to save their life, you're going to lose it. But if you want to lose your life, for me, for the gospel, the good news, we'll save it. Then look what he says next, 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet to, to forfeit their soul? I mean, what if you gain the whole world? What if you have tons of stuff and success and pleasure and comfort? What is it if you, if you get all of that, yet you forfeit, yet you lose your soul? Save your soul. Jesus, save your soul. Salvation is a, is a free gift. You can't earn it. It costs you nothing. Jesus paid the price for you and for me. But following Jesus, I mean really following Jesus, will eventually cost you something. But I believe, I know to the core of my being, that your soul is worth more than whatever following Jesus costs you. See, God has been faithful to you in the past, and he will continue to be faithful to you in the future. And there will be good times, and there will be hard times, and challenging seasons. But I believe that one day you will look back on the price, and on the cost, and on the things that you had to give up. And you'll be glad that you chose to follow Jesus. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily. And follow me. I'm in. Let's go. Let's follow together. God, I thank you so much for this amazing, hard, challenging message. God, that you look at us and you, you invite us into this dynamic, authentic, life-giving, life-changing, challenging relationship. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And God, you don't call us into something easy. You don't, you don't call us into to, to rainbows and lollipops. It's hard. But God, life with you is abundant and amazing and hard and challenging. But there's so much meaning and purpose in that, God. So thank you for the opportunity we have to follow you. Thank you for Jesus who, who modeled what it means to deny himself, take up his cross, literally, and to follow. So God, I thank you for what you're doing in this church through these amazing people. God, I love being part of this movement. I love to see you at work. I love to see your presence. I mean, your favor and blessing keep falling on us, God. May we follow hard after you because you're doing great things. 
And we love you and we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.